Are you happy? Magic Seeds takes a good look at everyday challenges and gives solid advice on how to navigate through them, be it relationships, career, parenting, or just not feeling happy inside. I'm Dr. Adam Grise. And I'm Laura Grise. Please join us weekly to discuss everyday situations that seem to be getting in the way of feeling happy and peaceful. We'll provide magic seeds and a reliable roadmap for you to follow to stay on a healthy path for your life. Welcome back to Magic Seeds. What do you want to talk about today, Laura? Today, I think we should talk about coping because... Because our youngest can't cope. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> all three of our kids can't cope. No, because I've just been noticing it more and more in... I feel like I keep on saying it in my head and, you know, when I see people and, you know, when I see how they handle situations and the only thing that comes to my mind is coping strategies. So. Last night, our youngest, I don't know what it is. I think she's a bright girl, but uh, she may- <laughs> Anything you have to preface, which I, I think she's a bright girl, but. She manages to, as they say, it, bonk her head, but it's more than a bonk. I mean, it's like a smash her head kind of deal. But every day, I really feel like it's every single day. And yesterday, in fact, it was two times. Multiple. Yeah, it was. So much so that she went to bed crying because she had so many things that hurt her. She woke up crying today. Yeah. Yeah. She woke up crying because, and why wouldn't she? She was running around and she decided to close her eyes, which is usually the story for her. Two episodes yesterday. One is she's running around in a, basically a parking lot. No, not a parking lot. On a sidewalk, sidewalk, but with brick buildings. Right. Kids everywhere and dogs everywhere. And she's like, I don't know if someone threw water in her eyes or she said the sun was in her eyes. The story changes with a five-year-old often, but she's like, so I closed my eyes. And, and kept on running. Literally and ran into a stone wall. <laughs> and then two hours later, and I went for bed and like they wanted to be ghosts and putting the blankets over there, right? And Which, this story never ends well for her. But never. So ahead. she's like she laughing. You hear the laughing like, ah, oh, this is ending nowhere good. <laughs> and of course, she slams her head into a metal post. Yeah. Not good. Not good. No. So so anyway, you know, let's talk coping because you know, and for our youngest, I mean, when she screams, she screams and she just lets loose. And when the first time happened yesterday, we were at a packed restaurant and granted we are outside, but we were at a packed restaurant and you know, I can't handle crying. I just can't. I was taught, no, you don't cry. My brothers were taught, no, you don't cry. So when the kids, I don't even care if they come with like an arm hanging off their body and they're gushing with blood. I just can't handle the crying. So that's where you come in. Right. I mean, so my philosophy is always, it's okay to cry. Definitely cry. Like, don't resist what needs to come out. Now, what we're supposed to learn, hopefully, is there's a time and a place, right? So you can't just necessarily do it. You know, if you're an adult and you're in a meeting and you're overcome with a massive wave of sadness, (laughs) you're like, oh my God, I was told to just express myself. (laughs) But I mean... That's learned. That's not for children to master, right? So that's the temper tantrum. Children have temper tantrums. They have meltdowns. And it's a healthy thing. You, you want well, to lean into that. Children today have temper tantrums. No, but I mean, we had, I had temper. Oh, you were not allowed to. We were not allowed to. But I you mean. Know, well, go ahead. I'm sorry. I remember as a kid being sent to my room, right? And I am sitting there. Oh, I hate you. And it's not coming out. I'm hyperventilating and I can't even breathe. I'm just 
my world is literally like torn apart and I'm going nuts. And, you know, 15 minutes later, it's like, oh, look, there's a Nerf basketball. Let me go play basketball. Yes. And then I'm outside and I'm playing like it just it needs to flush out of the system and then come downstairs. My parents are like, OK, why? Why do we send you to your room and what do you do? And, you know, I'm son of a psychologist. We're going to go into Interesting. it. Interesting. That's not our upbringing. What was yours? I mean, you don't cry. <laughs> and then what? But like, the so don't cry and just like now get back in line. Yes, absolutely. Like compose yourself. So this is interesting. I was thinking the other day that generation by generation of, you know, just expressing your feelings. You know, I look at my parents and they were taught their generation. I mean, you just you don't show your feelings at all. I mean, you push down. You know, I imagine one of those weight things, you know, it's kind of like a triangle thing and it's very heavy and it's just like fits the entire inside of your body and it just pushes down all those feelings and that's that generation and then well at least for me I was still raised that way I know my brothers were raised that way but as I got older and then I started getting into this field you know you're taught to express your feelings and let your feelings out and feel 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 and feel 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 and so now I'm straddling that world and then we raise our kids and literally, I mean, the kids have classes on feelings, you know, and they have like these little faces of this is happy and this is sad and this is excited. And then they talk about their feelings. So I was thinking, you know, that while our parents' generation was taught to just push down and do not feel you're a solid brick. And then our generation maybe is straddling that. I mean, I, I know I generalize, I get it, but you know, we're straddling it. And now our kids, like they've got these feelings, you know, the Harry Potter book, you know, when that section where the keys are flying all over the place real crazy mm -hmm. and he has to catch the key. They all have wings on them. Uh -huh. That's how Personal. I picture our children's feelings, right? Now we have opened up Pandora's box for our children, right? You feel, feel, feel everything you feel, you talk about it, you let it out, blue, blue, blue. But you know what? No wonder our kids, or not our kids, but no wonder children are completely attached to technology because how else? You know, I was thinking, you know, when you go to the hairdresser and I know I didn't say the right word. That is probably the like 1950s, but you know. Well, I think you're about to describe a 1950s. Okay, I think so too. <laughs> You know when they put those things over the women's heads mm -hmm. after they've got something They have like done. curlers in or something uh -huh. and they put a big round. dome on their head. It's a dome. Right, 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 right. And it kind of covers their eyes, right? I don't know. I don't know. I've never sat under one, but I just kind of picture, you know, like, you know, you put that thing over the kids' heads and it's like this virtual reality and they're just locked into whatever video game or whatever TV show or whatever kids do on iPods. I don't really get it and messenger and all that. But all the while those keys are flying all over them. And if they should open up that hairdressing dome <laughs> thing, then how are they supposed to deal with that? I mean, no right. kidding that teenagers are going on anti-anxiety and stress medication. I mean, no kidding. We haven't taught them to Right. You know what I mean? So we've got like there was, crazy ex extremes. Right. So Going back 70 years of what's being taught, it's just 
there's a way to live life that is going to make you successful and you get married and it's not so much about are you in love it's not mm-hmm. so much about are you being true to your purpose it's there's you no have feelings. to you have to survive like you have to consolidate and have something you substantial married, and you have kids you raise kids blah 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 right blah, blah, you need stability and then you right? die and so it was more about maintaining stability so there's no room to play around in the gray areas gotcha, right right and so they shoved it down which is on one hand, okay, because it doesn't get messy. But on the other hand, if we're talking soul level, it's not really honoring soul expression. No. Necessarily. It's not putting it first and foremost. We're not giving it a seat at the table at the least. Right. Then all of a sudden, we start diving into these areas, right? And people start exploring with hallucinogenics in the 60s. Oh, and right. right. It's like all of a sudden, let's go internal and let's try to connect to a deeper sense of self. And We want to honor this. And then we realize, oh my God, there's a lot of emotion that comes with that, right? As far as I'm concerned, emotions, the language of the soul. So it's like, okay, now we want to give the soul a seat at the table. Oh boy, when the soul speaks, sometimes it's really uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. right? And so then we say, okay, we need to allow this to happen. But if we're going to do that, we need a structure to know how to cope with that, how to use that feedback loop to continue to evolve and enhance our lives and grow. Right. And I think what you're saying is we are kind of left now in this purgatory, if you will, where we're not going to slam things down, right? And just look at even like, you know, millennials get slammed. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I don't even think I know what the proper- They do. Who millennials are, right. what age group that is, but- Millennials get slammed, but aren't our kids going to, isn't that alpha? Aren't they alpha, gen alpha? They're all, I think it's millennials and on are going to get slammed. Yeah, for sure. Because there's no coping mechanism, right? They say, they don't know how to deal with this. They don't know what it means to work and they don't know. And of course they don't because we have failed them. Because (laughs) as soon as we allowed all the emotions and it's almost like as a parent, it's harrowing. It's a lot, like we can't cope with their emotions. Like I said, We allow them to open up this Pandora's box, but where do we leave them? Right. I mean, if you were raised saying you can't cry, right? right? I mean, you can say that that's just, there's people that think that means you're strong, right? I'm stronger than the emotion. But another way to look at it is the parent is too weak to hold space for it. And they don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to effectively take it on a journey where it becomes something that is a an agent of growth. I can speak to that firsthand. I don't know how to handle crying. I have a feeling in my chest like a truck is sitting on it when the kids cry. I don't know how to. I remember when (laughs) Callie would cry, and that's our oldest, and it was like her cry for whatever reason, it just burrowed a hole into the depths of my soul. And I was like, I can't handle this. This, I need her not to cry because this is so painful. It was loud. It was frantic. It was... And then, and then we had Ananda and her cry for some reason, it it didn't bother me that much. I don't think the kid cried though. That's just it. She didn't cry that much. And when it it was like, it was almost like she can handle this. Yeah. She's got it. Yeah. And it's just weird how it hits you. It's not even like a, an intellectualized process. It's just, it's visceral, Visceral. but it's something that a, if you are someone that believes that crying is something that needs to come out, you know, I very much believe in living in resistance is, you know, when we talk about the age old duality of fear versus love, like the ultimate duality, you can break that down into resistance versus acceptance too. 
And if you can be in an accepting mode, you can love. Mm -hmm. If you're in a resistant mode, you're in a fear mode and, you know, you shut off from love. And in that sense, I believe if you want to learn how to live life, you need to learn how to live it while accepting life. And we could talk about it biologically, what that does on a cellular level to the 70 trillion cells or how many cells we have in our body of how they're operating and the signals they're getting. And when we're in fight or flight or we're in a protection mode, our cells operate differently. DNA is being triggered to release segments differently when we're in a healing and growth mode versus a protection mode. Our nervous system is operating differently. So basically, you know, it's when we being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. Unless we're in an, an imminent danger, it behooves us to be in an open, accepting mode in life because we'll be more effective. Our physiologically will be more effective and the way we handle life and the way we respond to life will be more effective. So when we shut down to something that's uncomfortable or painful, it's not necessarily a good thing unless we're in imminent danger. And then for short spurts, yes, we need to respond that way. So if we are sad, I say, go towards it. If we are angry, go towards it. People are like, no, I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be sad. I don't want to be anxious. And I'm like, go towards it, express it, exhaust it, because then you can glean something from it. Then you can move forward. You can actually get a seed from that to plant, to actually grow a future where you've evolved and you become stronger and bigger. So to me, that becomes a central point is, and that's coming down to coping, right? It's Mm, how can we sit there and cope with a moment that we're uncomfortable and instead of trying to resist it or control it, to lean into it and see what it can produce in terms of it be as an agent of growth. And then, you know, which this is a whole separate topic. And honestly, as we're talking here, I just see so many directions to go with this, but you have to have an appropriate time, but forget about it. We won't go into that right now. But teaching the children, we're having to teach them all the above in a very short amount of time. Because how long did she really cry for? She cried for five minutes. So within that five minutes, we have to teach these kids, hey, there's a time and place. Let your feelings out. There's a time and place to let those feelings out. This is how you go through the process, blah, blah, blah. And I can't help but think, I don't even know if this is appropriate to say, but my brother works with a lot of children, right? And he always used to laugh. And he said, I call them drunk little people. And I think about it all the time because, you know, all of our inhibitions as adults are taken away once we have alcohol. For me, a sip. (laughs) For most people, a drink. But, you know, with these kids, all their stuff just comes out at one moment, right? You know, can you imagine me running into a wall in front of, you know, what, 100 people were there yesterday? Running into a wall in front of 100 people and then just completely losing my stuff, right? (laughs) I want to see. Right? And then laying in your arms. But that doesn't happen with adults. We have to, you know, our eyes water. We see stars, you know, but... Uh, no, we're trained to shut it down, shut it down. We are refined until right. we are trained to shut it down. But some of us are trained to shut it down, period. Period. And some of us are trained to shut it down now. But then as soon as I can, then you lean into it. And I think that's what we're here to teach people is shut it down if it's inappropriate to let it out. But please don't forget right. to look at that monster you in have, its eyes and lean into it. You have to respect the fact that we are living in 
a world. Overpopulated world. <laughs> overpopulated world. We're, we're living in a world of complete external dynamic. And so, yeah, we be sensitive to the fact that we live in a society, right? So you want to stay true to that to some degree, but not at the expense of allowing yourself to continue to evolve, to move forward on that cycle of life, which part of that cycle requires release. I'm sorry that it's uncomfortable. I'm sorry that it's inconvenient, but it's not an option to bypass it because you can't, because nature can't bypass autumn. You can't just go from summer to summer, summer to spring, summer to spring, summer to spring. You can't do it. You can't say, I want to harvest. I want to harvest. I want to harvest. Why don't I have in my life? Why am I, why don't I have? I'm a victim. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. You have to know how to start releasing. So a lot of this comes down to, you know, you can look at a five-year-old and say, okay, they're crying all the time. They need to learn coping mechanisms. Yes. They also need to not shut it down. So I think what our culture has done has been... We've shut it down for them by giving them an iPod or a TV or a phone. It's even worse. It's so much worse than that. We've allowed, right? We're now honoring their emotions, but we can't handle their emotions. Right. So what we say, we've come around and said, huh, we definitely want to validate our child's every, every every emotion, right? Oh, your team lost. You didn't really lose. You guys, we didn't keep score. Everybody's a winner. Well, right. So you're validating (laughs) it, but well, you're getting to my point, which is they're validating the emotion, but not teaching coping. So then you put the pressure on the external circumstances to not make my child feel bad, right? right? My child can feel bad and my child's allowed to feel bad and I'm going to honor them feeling bad. So don't make them feel bad. That's where we've gone backwards. That's where all the people that think like, what's going on with our country? Like everyone gets a trophy. Really? (laughs) We're not allowed to say anything that might show Mm. some critical thinking that might hurt someone's feelings. Like, of course, show compassion. Mm. Don't be a bully. Like, of course, there are some values we want to instill in our children of how to act, how to treat others. But we also have to allow our children to deal with adversity right? and to know how to cope because that is required to evolve. And it's going to happen. It's, I mean, it's just, it's life. We've got our ups, we've got our downs, it's messy. And then we aren't around. And then when our children come face to face with adversity, what are they supposed to do? I mean, it's almost like- What are they taught? They're it, taught to tell people, you now need to be nicer. Right. It's but, but totally it's external. Almost like we haven't done our job. We haven't. We haven't done our job, right? No, it's the parents, it's the older generation's job to be able to hold that space. And we're just as impatient as, and maybe that's it. Maybe our generation was using computers, right? Maybe they, we were doing that. Uh, like, I wasn't. <laughs> where we're being taught, we're so impatient as a society. And right. oh my God, to sit there and hold space for children to be going through their muck. But, the, but we're also embarrassed. Right. You There's know, keeping so, up image and keeping yeah, up appearance. I, mean, I don't want our kids, you know, crying outside because the neighbors, I don't want them here. I'm like, hey, if you hurt yourself, go ahead inside. <laughs> go cry inside. Same thing. It comes down to are we able to cope with our own insecurities right. of how we're being viewed and how this looks and appears? Right. Right. I mean, it goes on. It's coping. You have a kid having a tantrum at a restaurant or having a tantrum at a mall or whatever. You can just see the parent is literally going through their own hell. 
Yeah. And you remember it. You either remember it or you've seen it. A child being dragged out of a public place. (laughs) I saw it last night. (laughs) Right? It's not going to happen here. (laughs) And you're just dragged out and the parent's mortified. (laughs) But you drag, I mean, that's what you're teaching then, right? There's a time and a place. So we're going to remove ourselves from society. Right. And then we're going to handle this. Yeah. And how you handle it then becomes the second level of coping, which are you allowed, can you hold space and just realize this isn't a teaching moment. My are child is irrational. It? Are they allowing the handle or this is what, at least this is what I see. I actually see, and I'm appalled, you know, to be honest with you, but I come from a different place, but I see babies holding cell phones in strollers. Right, I mean, if I were, you know, if I could be honest and open, I mean, that to me is, I mean, we all know, we all get, you know, we've been there where your baby has completely lost it because they haven't been fed or their diaper needs to be changed, whatever the reason is that those babies cried. And you start to feel it too. You feel it in your belly because you start to feel the child get all, we remember when they get a little restless, but, but a, a cell phone in a stroller. But I mean, they're starting right from the beginning. It's, Here, do you remember when, don't cry, do you remember, don't feel, we had a newborn. And then there's a pacifier. Yes. Right. And you remember the phase, right? And yes. it's like, oh my God. And it's like, oh, there you go. Take the pacifier. Oh my God. Thank God you're not crying anymore. <laughs> right. It's amazing. And that it only is, lasted for a little bit for our kids, but yes. That is a cell phone. Yes. That's it. And it was came to a point where it's like, don't use the pacifier anymore. Don't use it anymore. Right. Don't use that bottle of milk. Right. Don't put that bottle in the crib with them. It's that's the point is you're teaching them how to self-soothe and to cope. But we now have exchanged the pacifier for a cell phone, exchanged the pacifier but for then, a, a TV. But then the cell phone and the iPod, iPad. Pad stays with them for life. Stays with them for life. Exactly. Right. And then, you know, we've got second graders walking around with a cell phone and our kids say, my friends have cell phones. How come I don't? Right. Because right. we're going to teach you coping and we'll be the bad parents. Fine. Right. <laughs> but I mean, that's what it comes down to. And. What we're here for, I think, at least in our estimation, I think so, is we have this systematic approach that for me, it just was born out of Chinese medicine. It's just Chinese medicine's like, hey, they noticed nature. They observed nature and said, oh, there is an order to nature. Right. And if you follow it, it continues to move forward. And it's like, hey, if humans are from nature, we must be privy to the same patterns and same laws. And we are. And we are. So right. it basically is like, oh, hey, if that allows life to continue moving forward, no matter what happens, right? Hurricane happens, a drought happens, nature moves forward according to this sequential progression. Right. And if you can just apply it to your own life, it ensures you move forward, but it requires coping. But the problem is, is if someone is crying, if a child is crying, and a parent doesn't know where that makes sense in a, an approach to life, to parenting. And they don't know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Then right. you're just going to do whatever you can to feel better in this moment and you know, kick the can down the road. Right. But if people understand there is a place for everything they're going through in life. You know, we're talking about like meltdowns right now, which corresponds to the autumn, right? To letting go, releasing. Mm-hmm. But coping in stillness. I mean, how many kids can just sit there, right? We got to be entertained, got to be entertained, need something flashing in front of my eyes. However, if you've ever let your kid go through a tantrum in their bedroom, you know, in five minutes, it's just a beautiful silence. Silence. Because 
Autumn. That's the winter. Autumn yields a winter. And then they come out all rosy cheeks and smiles. In a spring. spring. Right. And then go have fun and play. Right. Right. And then it produces an outcome where they run into a wall and now you have to let go (laughs) of it. Right. Either way, there is this very easy, it's simple. There's five stages to life and everything we go through can be found within one of those stages. And it gets really cool and complex the way it overlaps on itself and multiple cycles going on at once. But basically you can whittle it down to there is five phases of life. And if you know how to cope within each phase, because again, there's coping within the stillness and silence of winter. How many people, when they put the lights out at night, don't know how to sit there because then all of a sudden all the noise comes up in their head Mm -hmm. or they can't even watch a movie because they need to be doing something else. They need to be flicking through their phone at the same time or they're feeling sensations in their body or cleaning or, or or, right. This doesn't just come on the back end of the cycle. Someone is, they graduate college and it's like, what do I do now? And because they don't have a plan, they don't know how to cope with it's time to move forward, but I don't have a plan. So they distract themselves or they numb themselves. Or failure to launch. (laughs) Failure to launch. I mean, right. Or it's, Someone is in a summer, which should be joyful and this full expression of life and being your full self, but someone doesn't feel confident to be them full selves. They're afraid of how they're going to be judged. They don't know how to cope with the phase. Right. And so today, I think what we really want to get to at least is there is a way, there's a path to live life along. And if you know what that path is, you'll never be lost. You might not be comfortable, right? But you'll never be lost. And if you understand how to cope with each phase of life and each phase of the seasons of the cycles and just how to deal with. Well, you can be a more open and loving parent, to be honest. I mean, if you're, you know, if we're going back to our original story, you know, of parenting and coping, you can just be a more open and accepting. Non-resistant. Non-resistant. That's what it comes back to. It's if nature follows a course and we don't try to get in the way of it, It just, we can't get in the way of it. By the same token, we can't get in the way of our lives. We can try to change it and help it and grow it and trim it, but there's a certain speed or rhythm to our life that is bigger than us. And being in that flow with it is where power comes from, is where that that mojo comes from. Mm -hmm. And if you know how to cope, you can avoid the resistance, the natural resistance to the moment. And so that's what this comes down to is, Learn how to cope within each of the five elements that show up in your life. Spend more time in non-resistance. See how it changes physiologically on a cellular level. See how it changes your openness. See what happens to your relationships. It's remarkable. It sure is. So yeah, I mean, we're talking about, you know, Ciara crying and it's like this coping thing. And then we talk about generationally how it changes dealing with coping Mm -hmm. and where we're at now and kind of in this allowing emotion, but then trying to control the, we're controlling the outside world so we don't have to deal with it. Instead of saying, we need a systematic approach. We need an approach to deal with what we need to cope with, all the things that come up in life that we resist. And if we have that path, if we have that roadmap, there is something to follow that makes it a little bit easier to sit through the crying, to sit through the stillness, to sit in the discomfort of not knowing the future plan and the path and the discomfort of being your true self Mm -hmm. and the discomfort of 
receiving, right? How many people feel guilty to receive or they feel they're being selfish? Right. Again, these are coping. What we do to cope, a lot of times, people will make sure they're always giving, always providing so they don't feel guilty. Or they're always making sure that people think they're doing something good so they don't get judged, right? These are the negative coping mechanisms that right. start taking away from our vitality, from our life force, from our true purpose. Yeah. Well said again. So learn how to cope people. <laughs> <laughs> I say that. I mean, it's not like we're sitting here on some, you know, perch. Like it's a constant. Oh, no, it's constant. Yes. I give us credit for looking into things. Like we're not going to turn our heads away. And we go but my God, I mean, um, sure. sometimes learning how to cope is, I mean, it's I, I say we don't need to get into specifics now. We have a good little lesson here. But for nine months, I've been coping, you know, and it's just sometimes it goes on longer than we need. Sometimes someone passes away and it takes three years to get over that loss. That's a long coping time. And there's a way to do it where you're doing it in a healthy manner and there's a way to shove down. And so it's not saying if you cope that all of a sudden your life's going to be amazing. It just means that you just want to make sure that you're dealing with it in a way that keeps your life moving forward. Sure. Right? It's not, sure. A, it's not a quick fix is I it, guess what I'm saying. It allows you to continue growing. Right. Really. And, you know, we're all trying to evolve, but, you know, if you don't do that, then you get stuck. You just get stuck. You get stuck. And then you start taking actions for the wrong reasons. Right. right? You're doing it uh, to fill voids or right. to avoid other things. And... It's not a continuation of what we're trying to grow in our life. Right, right. Okay, well, I think that wraps it up. And, you know, we're going to, th this whole coping thing, I kind of want to ride this. I feel like each week we say, ah, oh, we're going to ride this wave and we're going to talk about this. And so we just much to don't. talk about. <laughs> if you haven't figured it out, we'll we're that. not going to follow through on one thing we say. <laughs> but we'll we will that. continue to talk about what seems relevant in our lives. <laughs> But it all, I think what you'll see, if anyone is listening out there, that once you start hearing these episodes, there is some unifying themes here. It always comes back to the same thing. There is a system. There is, Th a system. There is an approach to follow. And if you do, it at least gives you some sense of comfort and stability sure. and foundation to follow that keeps us on track in life and allows us to renew our relationship to ourselves in a way that we can grow. Right. So that's it. I don't even know how to put that succinctly for the you magic seed for today. You but let's just say something I said is the magic seed in there. If you <laughs> grabbed onto it, great. Now it's time to plant it and practice it. Right. So good luck. Let us know how it goes and keep on providing more seeds for you. Okay. Bye-bye. Nothing, nothing but love.